0: Hello and welcome to 71%, a podcast on the latest aquatic research that's taking place across our big blue planet. We're a couple of biologists and friends who decided to make a podcast. Why? Well, natural ecosystems face an ever-growing number of problems and scientific research is one of the best tools available to help protect ourselves, other creatures and the planet we live on. Our goal here is to present you with studies from oceans, rivers and lakes so that you can help spread information about the habitats which make up most of our world, 71% to be more precise.
1: So let's start with the introductions. So from across the ocean, it's my friend Dr. Ben Whittaker. Cause you're my twin, my non by. Hand me your Stella and fly. By the time I'm out the door, you make me laugh like Lucille Bow. Run out to meet your chips and pita, you say that we're twins. Because you're no bitter.
0: <laughs> did you get That's it? That's so good. It sounds really familiar. I cheated myself.
1: Yeah, that one. <laughs>
0: like I knew. Ow. Amazing. I love it so much. Okay, shall I do mine?
1: Yeah.
0: Oops, she did it again. She played with your heart and got lost in the game. It's Dr. Laura Capelati, baby. <laughs> Oops he did it again i've had a very britney themed week so i thought I'd, I'd try and bring that into the podcast
1: as long as i'm not toxic
0: i'm fine it's uh this week it's laura's turn to present a paper of her choosing so we're all really excited to see what you've brought for us so yeah take it away laura thanks ben
1: uh, so this week, I went for something completely different, <laughs> and actually uh, moved a little bit away from biology, because both me and Ben are biologists, we have uh, PhDs, <clears throat> we're very posh people.
0: <laughs> we are so, so clever. <laughs> we are
1: super, super clever. We are the cleverestest. And the cleverestest of all. Of all. And... So of course, we're going to be drawn to biology papers, but because our podcast is about aquatic environments, it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to involve organisms. It can, it can include all sorts of other studies that are made in these environments. And we know that <clears throat> there's a lot of things going on in oceanography and physics, uh, dealing with waves, dealing with sea level rise, dealing with great glaciers. So there's a lot of interesting things there as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so I found this paper called Most Atolls Will Be Uninhabitable by the Mid-21st Century Because of Sea Level Rise Exacerbating Wave-Driven Flooding.
0: Yeah, oh. the the title itself says a lot. That sounds nice and cheerful. <laughs> yeah,
1: sorry, it's not going to be a very cheerful topic. It doesn't end well for us, by the way.
0: Spoiler! <laughs>
1: It was led by Stor he's from the US, the Geological Survey, and the study was published in 2018 on
0: science advances. Oh,
1: and cool. Yeah, so Ben, do you know what an atoll is?
0: Uh, I thought it was a lizard. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing, judging by the rest of the title, that it isn't a lizard.
1: <laughs> so you think you have a noly lizard?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. (laughs) So, in reply to your question, no, I do not know what an atoll is.
1: So, to explain what an atoll is, I have to tell you a little story that spans some millions of years. First, a volcano erupts in the ocean, and as the lava reaches the water, it hardens. And through time, this hardened lava piles up and up and up, it emerges, and... As the volcano becomes inactive, it forms an island, and then corals can grow around the island, and they pile up and create this very hard, heavy reef. Fast forward some more millions of years, the island has sunken into the ocean because of the heavy structure, and the ring of corals remains, and then a lagoon is formed inside it. The corals die when they emerge, turning into substrate and forming land and eventually even a forest. So basically, it's land surrounding a freshwater lagoon in the middle of the ocean. Most atolls are not just a single ring, a single island, but many islands, often connected by shallow channels above the coral structure. And in several atolls, there are human communities living there.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. It's super cool. In the Pacific, there's thousands of places like this. And I highly recommend you to Google it. So you're going to see some beautiful photos.
0: Wow. Maybe not now
1: because we cannot travel, but...
0: (laughs) We can we can long for them and look at the pictures and imagine that we're there. We should definitely try to tweet some pictures of them because
1: I'm so curious.
0: They sound so beautiful.
1: Mm -hmm. They are super beautiful. Uh, So imagine you're in the middle of the Pacific and then there's like this groups of islands and then some rings with fresh water in them it's surreal um so one of these one of these places is a country called republic of marshall islands in oceania i had to google where it was so this is where they conducted the study and one they specifically focus on an island called Roy namur or Juan Amur. I don't know if it's supposed to be French, but let's just say Roy Namur. Um, and it's an island which is very low. It's about just two meters above mean sea level. So it's basically wow. an island on an atoll.
0: Sounds like a beautiful place to live. Yeah. Not that I'm jealous in the slightest. <laughs>
1: But as you may imagine already, these communities are highly susceptible to environmental change, specifically sea level rise. So just a brief overview, um, because of climate change, glaciers are expected and are already melting, and that's raising the sea level, and that's causing a lot of coastal communities to just be flooded and having to to move out to move away from that place. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So even though the glaciers are in places like the arctic or the antarctic when they melt they raise the sea levels all over the globe, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So sometimes you hear people say oh it's in the arctic it doesn't it doesn't really have any effect on me, but actually that's not true because it's affecting even these beautiful yeah. Tropic coral reef islands.
1: It's all one one big ocean, if you think about it.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: So okay. Um, so these researchers they wanted to model the consequences of this sea level rise to these atolls. One prediction is that the sea will rise by two meters by the end of this century compared to two thousand to the year two thousand. So imagine in wow. one century a two meter rise in this water level the sea eats a lot it's enough to inundate yeah. several places around the world and we know there's a lot of everywhere in all continents there are people that live by the shore by the coast so uh-huh. there are very uh, a lot of communities that are threatened and most of them many of them at least are poor communities are poor countries that cannot necessarily afford to just build structures to you know to, to keep rising with the sea yeah. level as uh, the Netherlands are have yeah. been doing. So this is what the 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 main importance of these kind of studies is to to make predictions to know what to do uh, with with this information and to help make, potentially help these communities. So these ecosystems are highly vulnerable. And that is because sea level rise will bring seawater into the lagoons. And people, ah. of course, depend on uh, fresh water. So if you have contamination by seawater, that makes their lives much, much harder. And in fact, there was in 2014, there was a large wave event with waves over six meters high. And during spring tides, so during spring tide you have the highest variation in in the tides, so the water can come really close to the shore, and then if you have six meter high waves on top of that, you can imagine that it can easily inundate the whole villages.
0: Yeah, it sounds pretty dangerous.
1: Another problem besides the the inundation is that the seawater uh, penetrates and infiltrates into the groundwater. So it contaminates the reservoir of fresh water.
0: Oh, no. So I guess these these native communities, they must be using that fresh water for like drinking and bathing and catching yeah. f- fresh water food, I guess. So yeah, it's not good do. news that it's getting contaminated.
1: No, no. All humans need fresh water. We cannot. cannot fresh
0: water or beer <laughs> <Obvious>. or wine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Up to you. So, what they did was that they used different models to predict what was going to happen with these atolls and their communities and when we say models in science is computer models, you put a lot of parameters there a lot of you you calibrate with real life data and then you make predictions to see what's what are the trends and you have different scenarios and then you can make good predictions about what's going to happen in 10, 20, 100 years. This is how we know the potential consequences of climate change in general by using models. So combined with the sea level rise data, these models involved global data on weather, changes in waves and even tropical cyclones, which are all expected to change either in frequency or intensity. Uh, and they based they were based on three different levels of climate change scenarios, from a mild to more severe. I'm not gonna go into these scenarios uh, because it's a bit complicated, but just imagine that there are three levels.
0: Okay, so to try and give a range of possible outcomes.
1: Yes. So they tested the effects of increasing sea levels, offshore waves forcing coastal overwash, flooding, and freshwater lands contamination. So basically. Uh, what's going to happen uh, from not just the sea level rising, but the waves coming in and the waves are expected to be a consequence of climate change is also stronger and higher waves, more storms, more overwash. So so coastal overwash would be when you have this invasion of the seawater to the coast. And freshwater mm-hmm. lands is what they call the underground body of water that you have because of precipitation okay. mostly. In some places, okay. it's not just from precipitation, but in, the, in this case, yes, it's from. It's the only way where you can get fresh water in the middle of the Pacific, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So contamination will be then when you have the seawater penetrating and contaminated, as I mentioned before. So they use this island of Rhinomur as an example to, to use the model. And they use two different kinds of models. Um, Also, I'm not going to go into too much details because this is very technical. But one is called X-Beach. It's it's not X on the beach. (laughs) It's just (laughs) X-Beach. And it's a two-dimensional model simulating the impact of waves on the reef flats, on these structures made by the corals. And another model is called Sutra. Not gonna <laughs> make any comments. <laughs> and it's a three-dimensional model that simulates salinization and recovery from uh, of the freshwater aquifers. So, what happens when you have this infiltration of seawater, and then the, how long or how much you can recover mm-hmm. the fresh back to the
0: freshwater situation? So, what's so, the difference between a two-dimensional model and a three-dimensional model? Is it like is there a big difference, or
1: is that uh, something
0: that they didn't really discuss?
1: Yeah, I think I think so. I think the 2D is just the area, and then mm-hmm. uh, the 3D is also the depth of the... Okay,
0: so we've got X on the beach, and, <laughs> and <Sutra. laughs> the other one at Sutra. <laughs> I wonder how they come up with the names for all these models. Like, I usually just call mine really boring things like Model 1. Model two. Model two point two. No, Ben. (laughs) Use your imagination. (laughs) I should do. Shouldn't I?
1: Okay. So among the results, they found that if the mean sea level is one meter higher than what it is now, at least fifty percent of the island is going to be flooded annually, and if it's one point eight meters higher that percentage goes up to 90. So it's pretty bad. Um, And also, freshwater contamination can be badly affected. They found that uh, if there are two years of flooding, two consecutive, just two consecutive years of flooding, uh, is already enough to prevent the freshwater lands to recover from this seawater contamination. So depending on on the frequency of the inundations, it's going to be really hard or impossible to recover that fresh water that people need to live.
0: So not very good news at all.
1: No. And they said that other studies have modeled uh, a much more optimistic scenario with suitable environments for human habitation until the end of the century, or 2150, which is not very optimistic. I'm just saying (laughs) comparatively. (laughs) Um, But they only used... hmm? I was just going to
0: say, yeah. Optimistically, we've got another hundred years left. Yeah. That doesn't seem very optimistic.
1: No, Uh, but they were more optimistic than this study because they only used sea level rise data to predict inundation. They didn't take into account rainfall, wind, uh, cyclones, and Uh these kind of things that they used. So this study was much more. These models were much more robust. And they also have had interactions between sea level rise and wave driven overwash and predicted a much shorter timeline on this study. Then they projected that uh, by 2030, which is in nine years. <laughs> oh, okay, no. <laughs> for the worst scenario of the three climate change scenarios that I mentioned before, which is called the ice sheet collapse scenario, which by Another dramatic name, name. yeah, yeah. If it has collapse on it, you You know it's it's bad. bad. (laughs) And then, with the average scenario, the middle one would be 2040, and then the best one would be 2060s, uh, which is still pretty bad. It's, It's still in a few decades, so yeah, basically, by the middle of the century, not by the end of the century as previously thought. Some uh and the thing is, it, though this study used one island to model, it's a pretty standard island of that kind. The the, the elevation is within average for this kind of islands, so they can assume you can assume or you can at least imagine that the responses are going to be similar for all of the atoll communities, all of the atoll islands that have. Uh, oh gosh! Besides this one. Uh, so some of these islands however they have desalination facilities where they can transform the seawater into potable water so in that case the tipping point let's say for a total collapse of the of the situation will be a little bit later by 30 years which is not still it's not a lot of time so even if you think oh let's just give them which is not something easy to do but even if you think let's Just give them all desalination facilities and machines, I don't know how how they're called, Um, still
0: it's not going to solve the
1: problem. It's only going to delay it. Yeah.
0: So I guess, like, is there any long term solution that they could try to to use? Like, because, like you were saying before, some places, some countries like the Netherlands, they're famous for using dams and barriers, or is, is that something that's not really? suitable in this situation
1: the problem is that these islands they are in the middle of the ocean specifically right. these ones are in the pacific so they're very far from all other lands mm-hmm. and it makes it really hard to bring infrastructure and to build these whole structures to as it has been done for instance mm-hmm. in, in the netherlands um, not to mention the cost of this it's not viable just to to presume that we can do that of course i don't have any authority to say what is viable or not just saying that even these authors they're not very they're not saying this is what we have to do they're just saying okay we have this information now we need to be worried and we need to take action and then by taking action we we don't mean just desalinizing or uh, helping to build here and there. It's it's something much more complicated than that. Yeah,
0: I guess they're kind of trying to put out this information so that the people who are making decisions are informed about how serious it is and mm-hmm. that they need to start acting sooner rather than later
1: yeah and the problem we all know is that people who cause climate change to, it's it's not these poor countries it's not this mm. uh people who live in small islands and coasts and only live off fish fishing yep. for subsistence um so it's really it's really hard because we know that the top rich people who are causing the most harm they're not they're going to do well because they have money to to buy off you know, even if they need to leave the planet, you know, they are already planning that. They already know that, okay, let's start thinking about ejecting from it's planet stressful. Earth. Yeah. yeah. So how do you deal with that? It's It seems, even if it seems such a local problem, it's just one of many local problems around the world that mm-hmm. need a collective and global effort to fix because... <laughs> We are all going to be doomed if we don't, even people who don't live by the coast, we're going to be doomed by other means. So it's just, I think the main message here is that we need to fight the problem at its root, at its origin. And that problem is climate change. And we know that that's because, largely because of fossil fuel Uh burning. So we need to think, and we are not doing enough. We have technologies, but we need also to to put money into these technologies that yeah. will dige- digest, digest, <laughs> divest <laughs> from fossil fuels. Basically, that's what we need to do: divest from fossil fuels.
0: Yeah, it's a really a really sad story. I mean, I've I've only just discovered what an asshole is, and I imagine they must be quite special places in terms Mm. of the biology and the environment so if we lose them that's part of our collective world history that's not there anymore and that seems really sad
1: even on our daily lives we we can see like the, the the climate is changing the summers and the winters are not what they used to be we mm-hmm. may, perhaps in some places we don't hear as many birds or insects as we used to. So all of these changes there are there are also signs to the bigger and more severe problem that we are facing. Mm-hmm. And also another thing to make matters worse is uh, cor- coral bleaching, which uh, yeah. you probably know what it is is massive die off of corals, and then they they become all white. And they mm-hmm. lose all life. So all of the animals that needed their in that habitat, that lived in that habitat, they just go away and it becomes like a, a cemetery.
0: Yeah, it's really sad.
1: So because these corals are dying, you have uh, we should do an episode on that, by the way. But we should because of this corals are dying. They're not. So you have uh, this disappearance also of what could be forming other atolls, what could be forming even strengthening or expanding atolls. So...
0: I'm just going to shout at my cat,
1: go away! (laughs) Little bugger. (laughs) And and then you don't have these coral structures, these coral reefs anymore. And then you don't have the protection from... that it gives to the coast from the waves. So a lot of uh, or also seaweeds do that. They have they they provide coastal protection from waves and storms yeah. and just the the force of of the ocean. So you don't have that barrier. You don't have those organisms anymore. You're gonna have much more flooding. It's kind of like a yeah. exponential. The problem is not linear. Yeah. Right? So it becomes worse and worse and worse.
0: I was gonna say there's a really good Netflix documentary called Chasing Corals. I don't know if you've seen it about I ocean acidification heard about it. Yeah. oh my gosh it's like so heartbreaking and by the mm-hmm. end of it you're just like we need to do more we all need to band together to help these amazing yeah. ecosystems because they're not doing very well at all um at all yeah <laughs> Maybe that's our title for the episode. <laughs> Not doing well at all. At
1: all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's really sad. Uh, we should definitely we're definitely going to do a, a special episode on uh, on corals. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's it. Uh, of course, the, there's a lot more on the study. I just brought the the main findings, mm-hmm. and we're as usual we're gonna leave the link for the paper if you're interested yeah. in reading it in full and seeing the photos, the pictures.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, really it's kind of inspirational though that really clever people really amazing scientists are able to bring together all this environmental data and these huge huge data sets and then manage to model them so that they can predict what's going to happen in future and not only that but a worst case scenario ranging through to a best case scenario i think it's quite easy to just think oh you just this is where this climate model has come from. You know, you you see it on the news and they're like, oh, we predict that this will happen and there's Mm. going to be X amount more of this. But the amount of work and dedication that goes into creating those models, I think, like, is often overlooked.
1: Mm. And the problem, the worst part is that it takes months or years to, to perfect these models and to create, to gather this data and to develop all of these models. And then the, the policy makers and the people who, who are supposed to be reading that and thinking, ah, okay, we need to, we can do, this is what we can do.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: just don't give a damn or they just think mm. that's not my problem. That's the next administration's problem.
0: Yeah. Um, or you get people on Facebook who say, oh, no, I don't think that's true. And it's like, well, where's your model? <laughs> like, yeah, <exactly. laughs> what does your model say is going to happen? it's Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Anyway, how how can we have faith in a society where there is that much availability of information and technology, and at the same time, that much ignorance and willful ignorance and, and, and just like denial?
0: Conspiracy almost, isn't it? It's like... I just I really don't understand it I guess it's just
1: that's why I don't understand instead of just okay I believe the majority of science scientists there are saying that there's no I'm going to think of something more absurd that nobody thought about nobody's yeah. talking about but they should be hiding that because nobody's
0: saying that's the that's truth. Where, that's that's the truth yeah oh my gosh uh, do you think Do you think humanity will ever shake that though? Because it seems to have been around forever. This subset of of populations that are conspiracists and always seem to go off on their own um, little little voyage of ignorance.
1: I don't know if it's getting if it's gonna get better, but I find it harder to get worse because I think we have reached peak. Yeah. I hope we have reached the peak yeah. of scarcity. Like the
0: last few years, it's become mm. more and more mainstream mm. to the point where you're just like, <laughs> "What? What a time to be alive!" Yes. <laughs> so, an, another worrying story to add to our growing collection. We've had yeah. we've had uh, polar bears that are attacking people more because of of uh, sea ice melting. We've had marine snow that's changing its composition as it falls and i and now we've got the atolls that are disappearing under the the sea so seems that there's a, a lot of yeah. important stories out there about um aquatic science and the the links to climate change so hopefully that's something we can keep revisiting yeah, time yeah. and time again
1: yeah the the effect of climate change in the oceans are super dramatic and the problem is that we don't see them as much right so we need mo- even more effort to communicate that to people how bad things are in the mm-hmm. poles and in, in the ocean where we don't see except in the tv mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah i mean even our first episode with the crocodile mummy that was showing how the <laughs> the, the nile becoming more arid has changed its uh suitability yeah. for the the congo crocodiles to to come into it's almost like we have an over overarching theme of trying to raise awareness (laughs) yeah
1: and also i'm thinking what could affect because it seems like behavior it's such a genetic thing that's not going to be affected but no there's a lot of environmental drivers as well and there's a lot of uh, things that can happen in the environment that can change behavior so even these self-recognition behaviors that we're talking we don't know there might be some things happening there uh, with chemicals and um, plastic pollution and so on. yeah
0: and to take that as an example the 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 fish the cleaner ass that we talked about they live on coral reefs so if we have all this ocean acidification then we're losing all these really exciting behaviors that have really deep meaningful connotations for for our society and we're losing so many species and so many wonderful things that we don't fully understand yet which is really really sad
1: we are losing cure to diseases we Mm -hmm. are losing great food potential and and source of energy
0: you often find that these really cool unusual habitats like atolls or reefs or other things like that that or rainforest they're often where you find the most interesting and unique biodiversity and species that you don't find anywhere else so it, it could be that maybe one of the fish or the invertebrates on these reefs have a have a really useful chemical compound in their biology that could be used for lots of really cool medical uses but if if we lose that species before we get the opportunity to study it it's a loss not just for nature and not just for the people who love animals and think that everything's equal but also for the people that you were saying perhaps they've got more of a utilitarian approach and they think okay it needs to have a purpose well every animal every organism I I keep saying animal and I forget that there's plants and (laughs) algae and things like that every organism has evolved for a specific Role so yeah. every anim- animal, organism, plant po- has a potential to be useful in that sense of the, the uh, word.
1: Yeah, but on that note, I think that I know that some people it's not new, but we need to more and more focus on the Consequences to human life, unfortunately, Uh just saying, you know, polar bears deserve to live too. It's not enough. We need to say, you know, we, if, if the polar bears die, these are the consequences. And then Mm. there's not going to be this and that, and then the fish and then the humans, and then that's it. Uh Or like, yeah. you know, you don't you find beautiful to, to go to these tropical islands for your expensive holidays? Well, they're going to disappear if the sea level mm-hmm. rises. Yeah. So
0: the <laughs> monetary value on things.
1: Yeah. Some people only think about the the human aspect of it and not not saying that it isn't important. Of course, I'm a human too. I, I want...
0: You are? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. I know. Uh,
0: I thought you were a mermaid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: But yeah, so anyway, that's that's what I think. I think um, we, we have to talk to all crowds, including mm-hmm. 1% that yeah. are causing the yeah. most damage.
0: But then there's, I think it's always important to try and end on something a bit positive and mm-hmm. things like the climate strike uh, that the, the youth movement's having, things like that are so important and are making such a big difference that yeah. maybe we just need to, make Greta in charge of everything from now on
1: (laughs) let's make her the president of the world
0: her and uh, David Attenborough they can form a coalition
1: should we invite should we invite Greta
0: for our podcast I would die if she actually said yes
1: (laughs) I think maybe once we've reached a few a few um maybe like
0: five more viewers an episode (laughs) I think yeah yeah she'll consider it
1: But, yeah, is that that it? So shall we close it?
0: Yeah, thank you very much for bringing this very thought-provoking paper. And it's it's always good to recognize the realistic situation that we're living in and discuss important things, even if they might not be the most pleasant topic to talk about. So Mm -hmm. thank you very much, Laura.
1: Yeah, it was a pleasure. It was interesting to read about this. And, yeah, we're going to... We're going to be posting on our social media accounts some photos yeah. and some links. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Please, like, please.
0: Here are all these beautiful places that you could visit, but we're losing due to climate change. So.
1: Yes. You have 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome.
0: Well, then I think it's your turn to do the sign-up.
1: Yes. Let me just think. I always forget. Uh... <laughs> So that's it for this week, and I'll see you next time. And until then, I'll catch you downstream.
0: Yay. That's it.